Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Winging It F1 podcast with me, Freddie Coates, him, Adam Dickinson, and the other one, Nigel Chu. Um, we're here to preview the Yas Marina Abu Dhabi Grand Prix with Etihad Airways as well, I think. I don't know. It normally is. Um, we're not sponsored <laughs> by them, so we're just going to say Yas a lot because that joke's not been made for the past 11 years. Um, so... How are you guys? Yeah, I'm enjoying being able to talk on the call again. Um, and I'm not as excited for this race as I was for Sakir. But, you know, it's still a race. It's the season finale. There's some interesting plot lines to follow. And I'm sure plenty of fallout off the track as well. Yeah. Uh, well, I was much happier when you had your hat on, Freddie. So now you've taken <laughs> it off, I'm a bit down now. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, okay. For the audio listeners, um, I was wearing a Christmas cracker hat. Um, Please so, go yeah, to so YouTube to increase our viewership to watch that those first minute, yes. first minute or two. You can do it like a you can do it like a read along, where I'm like when you get your kids' books and it's like you can read the words in the book along with an audio book or something or a YouTube video. So if you play it on your phone and play it on YouTube, you can see if there are any differences. And that'll be so gonna, cool. Are we going to have to transcribe this all afterwards then and then sell it to a publisher and get it out in book form and then... And do like a little the, sound effect. All, all before show. Friday. Yeah. I've got a bauble. That's my Christmas attempt. Nigel, what's so. your Christmas attempt? Are you going to sing um, Fairy Tales of New York for us now? Uh, at the end of the podcast, yes, I will. Oh, okay, let's get to it then. Let's get on with this. <laughs> um, I've never wanted a podcast to end more. Um, so oh, that, that is going to be the tenth question in the quiz. Um, all right, so we're going to get into quite a serious topic at first. I think um, if you are um, clued into motorsport social media, uh, you will have seen. Uh, Nikita Mazepin's um, latest furora um, in which he has no other word for it groped a girl he was with in a car after presumably a drunken night out in um, in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates where he is uh, following the Boring, boring uh, doubleheader and heading, he's going to be taking part in the young driver test after the um, Formula 1 race this weekend for Mercedes and he is the the new Haas recruit for 2021, having just finished uh, fourth or fifth in the um, Formula 2 championship. Um, fifth, I think. Um, uh, so, yeah, he has essentially visibly shared on social media him sexually assaulting someone, and that's not okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just completely inexcusable. I mean, you cannot defend this in any shape or form. And I think the problem is, as you said before, Freddie, it's the latest incident. There's been so many things going on with him, you know, with something about George Russell and punching Callum Eilat last year or a couple of years ago. Uh, I can't even remember. Yeah, I'm sure you, Freddie, you... You know, a few more incidents that I can't think of right now. I'll have to completely Yeah, he was banned but... for a race in FIA Formula 3, European yeah. Formula 3 even, regional, um, in about, I think, 17, 2017, mm. for um, punching uh, punching Callum Eilat. There's a few more um, incidents he's been involved with, and it always seems to be that he gets away with it and can carry on. Um, yeah. He's not learning, is he? Yeah, he's not learning. Um, and we're as, we're, as people, just finding it absolutely abhorrent. Uh, that's what Haas said in their statement. Uh, they condemned any uh, action that Nikita Mazepin has done with this and um, are saying that it's going to be addressed internally because... Um, you wouldn't say anything else, though. I'm so I, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but it's just PR. That they're not gonna. They really. You know, that's the minimum they're gonna do. But what, what would they actually do? You know, like where, where is the line? Because it's gone well too far for me already. And and I was willing to give him a chance when he got into F1, 
you know, and I, I think F1 always needs a villain, but this is this isn't being a villain. This is just being stupid. Like, the difference between there that see. It's different between being the villain because you are wholly committed to your work, say, and mm. a, li- a little less um, flamboyant in your character. For instance, the um, the more Nicky Lauda Hunt kind of um, uh, storyline or Senna Prost kind of storyline. Um, there's a difference between that and being. Uh, uh, this is all opinion, and everything, but because we have to say that legally but um difference between being a criminal villain and being a storyline villain yeah it's pantomime villain that's what sports need that's what sports want yeah but, more of a Fernando you know, Alonso. That, that, that should be kept within the confines of the sport you know it's it's disappointing to see after kind of Everything F1 seems to put out about making strides in F1, everything in the F1 community, you know, about women working in the sport or wanting to work in the sport. There was the stuff with Alan, Aaron Gillard at the start of the season, and it, it makes it a less comfortable working environment, I think, especially if he retains his seat and is around the paddock for next year you know, from the start of next year for a full season, you know, working with people, it's it's just not a nice environment to be in, I don't think. And, yeah, it's, as you said, there's, there's other transgressions that he's committed, you know, kind of off the track and on it. And it's just not the sort of person that people want to be watching in F1 want to be racing against, want to be, you know, cheering on or cheering against. It's not someone who should be in the public eye at all. It's it's mm. it's someone who should be re- retreating to essentially save any hope of their, them having any kind of credibility in society in any way. And unfortunately, that's already, that's gone. That's down the drain. And it it's... Yeah, it's it's frankly disgusting the whole situation for for women as fans in motorsport, for women working in motorsport. This is just going to be another step in the absolute another leap in the wrong direction if nothing is done about this. And if something needs to be done to show any respect that either has Formula One team or because um, it does fall onto them in the next steps. Uh, obviously, has aren't involved in what's happened, but the next steps they are involved in as an employer, and um, and a Formula One team, and for Formula One, they presumably will be involved in discussions here because they no, the re, we races one campaign isn't going to end in 2020. It shouldn't end in 2020. It shouldn't have the last race be the Yas Marina Abu Dhabi Grand Prix coming up in. In a couple of days, that should not be the last we race as one um, race. It should every race should we should race even more as one, um, and it feels like we're not. Hmm. I mean, how how would the men and, and the women in the Haas team feel about Nikita Mazepin? I, I really don't know, but it, it, I personally, I was I wouldn't be happy to have him in my team. You know, someone like that because if if you're I feel if if this was in a normal, in an everyday job, you just, I don't know. Maybe you would get away with it, maybe you wouldn't. But it's just, it's too much. And, you know, he he says he'll learn from it. But will he? We'll have to see. He hasn't learned from incidents in the past. So, what's changed, you know? Yeah, I think when you get to age 21, and, you know, you should have done your learning by now before you go into one of the biggest sports in the world. And, yeah, I think, as you say, you know, I was just thinking of Daniel Apps, who lost his FE seat for cheating in a sports tournament. You know, like, this, and I know there are other factors involved, but, you know, this goes way, you know, this is kind of criminal. I can, um, 
you know, criminal behavior really. And yeah, even if just... it is a joke, which is what has been claimed by, um, mm -hmm. by, by Mazepin and his camp, um, it's trivializing and sharing sexual assault on an Instagram story. And that's not on anyway. Put it on the social media. I just don't. Why would you, as an F1, as a to be F1 driver, as a person, as a person, even the worst idiotic person in the world who is, who has the most, the beliefs that are wrong, 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 even beliefs that are wrong thousand years ago, that kind of thing. They wouldn't think to shout about it because mm. I don't understand any of that. And it's, it's just a complete, uh, it's a complete unbelievable mindset that is one that I don't think any of us will understand and one that we will all despise, frankly. And this yeah. is all Hassa going to be talking about on Thursday in the media day yeah. in um, Abu Dhabi. Um, I don't think internally, I, think, I don't think internally that the, the head honchos are going to be realizing how, um, how much of a impact this is going to have this morning on them as a team to hold them to repute. I think, it, I, don't, I think they're all a bit naive, to be honest. Yeah, I, I I understand culture differences, you know, especially with Russia, but it's just it's too much, and and Mazepin knows what he should and shouldn't be doing as a role model, as an F one driver, and he, he's overstepped the line here for me. Yeah, and I think obviously everyone. Everyone puts things up on social media that they regret, you know, when you're not thinking straight or whatever. But it's just, yeah, it, it's just so much kind of worse than, you know, putting up, you know, having a go at someone that you didn't want to or anything like that. It is, you know, a, a the fact that he did it and whether it is a joke, you know, with, with the reveries with or whatever you know that's what's being claimed by i think both parties to be fair but you know that's not that's not what people want to see on social media that's not why people follow their heroes to see them doing that so yeah um moving on to um more general racing discussion um we're going to bring it bring it back to the Sakir secure Grand Prix and discuss the fallout from there. Obviously, there was a lot of immediate reaction to George Russell's performance, um, Valtteri Bottas' performance, uh, Sergio Perez' performance, and Alex Albon's performance in relation to Sergio Perez's performance. Um, so there's a probably quite a decent chunk of news to cover here. Um, the news hasn't gone away regarding Russell in Mercedes. Um, do we think that, that is, there's probably contract talks going on there? Because some people seem to be adamant that there are. Could they send Valtteri Bottas back? They do a driver swap. I mean, that's... Shoot him back down the grid. That's what people think, isn't it? I think. I, I don't think it's going to be Russell replacing Alton. It will be Russell replacing Bottas if it happens. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a, it is a tough one. I don't see it happening purely... Unless Mercedes are willing to pay Williams quite a lot of money to get Russell in early, and the Mercedes obviously, obviously supply Williams the power unit, that is the only way I can see it happening. Uh, but I don't think it will. I really don't. I mean, I, I'll ask you both guys: this. Would Hamilton like it if Russell was it was his teammate, or would he prefer keeping Bottas, knowing that he's got him got him in his pocket? He'd prefer Bottas. I think yeah. he'd prefer Bottas, but I don't think he's... To get averse to a challenge. Yeah, Adam's right. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I don't think he's going to be like... I don't know. I, I can't see him being worried about Russell coming every in. Every driver but, says, oh, we don't care who my teammate is and stuff. Yeah, then I, it comes to a situation Lewis, like this. Lewis says more yeah, than most about how he wants to fight, how he wants to beat the young guns. He wants to beat Leclerc. He wants to beat Verstappen. I, I think... Mind. I think he would want <laughs> you know, to the, beat Russell. Lewis isn't Lewis isn't every 
F1 driver, you know, I don't, obviously they give it lip service and stuff, but, you know, for most drivers, they aren't the greatest of all time. And, you know, there's kind of drivers coming in and you think, oh, they could challenge them, whoever. You know, with Lewis, I just don't see him, you know, he's just that good and that kind of single-minded. And I think he does, you know, focus so much on himself and improving himself. Yes, you know, given the choice, he might prefer Valtteri, but I don't think, you know, it it really worries him that much whether, you know, he's up against Bottas or Russell. I just don't, you know, think he's above that, to be honest. This is the guy who came into Formula One and soundly beat Fernando Alonso. Two-time reigning champion, Fernando Alonso. Precisely. And then soundly beat um, eighth best driver in the world, Heike Kovalainen. Um as well, which is pretty good. Um, he's had he's had a rough time of it in terms of teammates as Hamilton, Alonso, Button, Rosberg, all champions in their own right. Um, so and all on their day, fantastic drivers. <laughs> um, Alonso even more so. So and Hamilton for the most part beating them all. So I well, think I think there is a there will be a point where he does drop off, and we don't know when that could be next year. It could be five years. So I think he will be wary of that, especially if Russell comes in as a as the new hot shot, I guess. But, but I think, Hamilton, you know, he... the way Hamilton drop would drop off, would you say that it would be on pace or would it be on tenacity? Because what we've seen pace. from drivers is that Hamilton can beat them mentally through a season. That's what he's done to Sebastian Vettel. That's what he's done to Nico Rosberg's entire career. He, beat... he gets better. He gets better with the challenges as well. You know, I think... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I agree. He, he you know, does, but he can will stop at some point. Coming out of 2016, when, you know, I think coming out of the first four years of Mercedes, where he was, you know, against Rosberg, I think he was a lot better driver because of that challenge than he had been going in. And I think, you know, we saw when, you know, Mercedes and Hamilton were up against Ferrari, I think, you know, he took his, his driving to another level again there. You know, it can't last forever, but it's not, you know, it, it's not ages... I think age is just a number, you know, it's different for everyone. And there are athletes in every sport who, you know, continue well past, you know, you kind of expect them to. And, you know, I think... At a level as well, at a high level. Yeah, you know, you look at Tom Brady, who's, what, in his 40s now or late 30s in American football. And, you know, he's won three Super Bowls in the past few years. And, you know, still, that's cemented, really. His legacy is one of the greatest of all time, I think. From a racing perspective, you've got Scott Dixon, who I know you love, Nigel. Who he's, I think he's just turned 40, hasn't he? He's, yeah. And he's still going strong. He's still um, unbeatable in IndyCar. Uh, a lot of Le Mans drivers, I don't know how old Tom Christensen was when he stopped. I know Alan McNish was, was getting on for a few years when he stopped, and they were competitive. So, mm. yes, it's not Formula One, but sports like these can still have drivers of an age, sports, people of an age who are exceptional and are the best. If, can carry there's a on. big if, if Russell is as special as he proved to show on the weekend though, you know, I just, if I was out there, I would be a little bit worried a little bit because the best drivers in yeah, F1, I agree. You know, Stappen, Alonso, Alton, they made an impact immediately. They didn't take races didn't take a certain amount of races to uh, get up to speed or whatever. They, they were on it straight away. So, yeah. Know, that, that's, think, that's what makes Russell so good good to me. But I, I also think, you know, whether or not Hamilton should be scared, I don't think it'll be in his psyche to be. You know, I, I don't think... I think he'll go in with the mindset of that he, you know, can beat him and he will mm. beat him. So, you know, even, you know, like you say, it will... It would be a big challenge for him, but you know, no matter how big the challenge, I still think he'd take that all in his in his stride mentally because that's just you know the sort of person that he is, and you know a lot of the most famous and successful sports people are. I think we look at the 2018 season, and for me, that's one of Hamilton's top seasons. Uh, yeah, the, the sheer level that he pulled himself to, yeah. um, the Singapore qualifying lap, for instance, and a few other instances that year. Um, Silverstone pole lap as well. Um, way, way ahead of what 
you would would have put from a plug-in and play driver. Hamilton is we we say this every episode, even when he's not racing. We're saying this <laughs> is he's he's another level. He's a he's a beast. He's a whoa. He's un, indescribable. That that say that saves <laughs> me a a few thinking minutes. Um, superlative. He is he is there you go. he is the superlative Formula when, One driver. When, when you can't think of the superlative for them, you just say they're superlative. Yeah, and he is the best of all time, and we've characterized this podcast on him being the best of all time so yeah i think it'll be a bit of a problem for us so seeing the seeing seeing the best of all time with a a shiver down his spine um from from george russell i don't know i quite like the sound of some fireworks either way i think bottas will stay for next year so so do i it's kind of pointless but we're thinking about Hamilton 2022. Hamilton's out of contract in what 21 days. So. Yeah, he is. <laughs> oh, that's kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, oh, but yeah. and if they need to pay a buyout to Williams, they've got a budget cap coming in in 21 days. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to also think about that. I think. Um, what What if though? What if he does not sign a contract or whatever? How How crazy would that be? It be the X forty four groundbreaking moment. Announced. It'd be such a groundbreaking moment in sport history. I did. I just 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 for a second. Just what if it did happen? That'd be. I can't. I can't begin, Hi, to, begin to imagine. <laughs> yeah, it would be it's, interesting to see it from his perspective because some people choose to stay and stay and stay and fight and fight and fight and are there for personal pleasure in the Kimi Raikkonen's. Some are there to achieve their goals and to complete their goals, which is more of a Nico Rosberg thing. Will Lewis Hamilton think he does he will he if he if he if he doesn't sign his contract, if he goes out of contract, is in his, is it and doesn't race in twenty twenty one, is it in his mindset to think, I have completed this now. He's equaled Michael Schumacher. He is He's nearly, he's at what, 95 race wins, 98 pole positions. Is he getting close to completing Formula One for himself? No, I think he's a similar character to Alonso. I think if he does take some time off, he'll realise how much he misses it. And I think he, he partly realised that uh, when we didn't have an F1 round for, what, seven, eight months, I think he realised mm. how much the sport means to him. So I think, I think, yeah. I agree. I think with these the past weekend as well, just gone where he hasn't been there. His first race, he hasn't been there since um, March, 2007 is, is going to, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think there's definitely, I think that's definitely going to be a lot of thoughts going around Lewis's head. He probably, he wants to be there. I, I really think he wants to be in Abu Dhabi. Definitely. Yeah. He should sign a contract. He just hasn't. He probably would have done around now, but he's just had COVID. Well, I don't know, because we, we were saying back in September, oh, it all happened in October, and October, we November. Back you know, in June. They were waiting. Yeah, back in June. Back in June, it. it felt signed. Yeah. yeah. But still nothing to be announced, strangely. But it should. It, it will be just, well, it would sort 2020 if Alton doesn't compete next year, <laughs> quite frankly. It's like... It's like if you've not done your homework or you have genuinely forgot your homework, <laughs> you say to the teacher, oh, I've forgotten it. Sometimes they'll let you off for once. But if you're still doing it seven months down the line, I think people start to get a bit... What's going a on bit more, Yeah, a bit more cynical about, about whether you have or not. I think it's... Yeah, I, uh, it's a strange one. But, yeah, if he doesn't... I mean, I've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix, which is brilliant. Mm. And the moment when he retired from the sport the first time, It'd just be something on that level, I think. I think, yeah, it's something like Michael when Michael Schumacher quit, and he was still in the fight for the title that year, in two thousand and six. This is the original Michael Schumacher, <laughs> um, not the um, not the, the 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 pale imitation of Michael Schumacher from Mercedes. Um, but when he originally left Formula One, it was that was a bit of a gulf to fill, and at least he left. I, I, with Fernando Alonso and Kimi Raikkonen coming up clutch to 
take well snatching the mantle already from him over the past few years there's no one taking that mantle from Lewis so that I think it, there are people standing in the wings ready to but they they haven't done it so mm. I think we've still got that to wait for before Lewis Hamilton leaves Formula 1 I bet F1's in a healthy place without Hamilton though. Yeah, well, after Hamilton especially you know yeah, Leclerc yeah. Verstappen Russell those three alone yeah, that that is more than enough. Yeah, yeah we're, going, we're going well, well off topic here. Sorry, I don't, yeah. I don't know what I've done with this. I've completely diverted. Oh, it's a good topic. I'm. <laughs> do you yeah. have anything to say on that? Any more to go on that? Because that is a really interesting thing to talk about. I could talk about it all day, to be honest. Really, I don't because, know if like that's you say, the leading one team, um, Verstappen leading another team, and <laughs> yeah, Ricardo, Ricardo going to McLaren. McLaren. Exactly, yeah. Alonso um, coming back. Formula One is. Formula Strong One, I mean, Mercedes doesn't need Hamilton if they've got Russell now to have a lead driver, I think, in the team. Going, every team seems to be having a, a driver they're going to pitch for 2022, yeah. um, be it Leclerc, Verstappen, Alonso, um, whoever comes up clutch between, comes up trumps between Ricardo and Norris. And if Mercedes can train up Russell a bit, then he will be their front man going into that fight for the new era of Formula One in 2022. I'm just desperate that those cars, for three or four cars are at the front and they're near mm. to each other on pace, like the back end of uh, 2018, uh, sorry, first half of 2018, 2017. Or, like or even last year, just gone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 2010, you know, We haven't had it for years. and uh, It is the one thing I'm desperately missing from this season, I know a lot of people saying, "Oh, 2020 is one of the best seasons ever." You know, the turbo hybrid era, at least. But that fight at the front with two or three teams, you know, six drivers potentially winning when you go into a weekend—that is something I really, really miss from F1. Certainly, and when you um, you've got them all in a line fighting, it's something that the excitement goes beyond measure, and the I intensity. always. I always think back to the um, 2018 British Grand Prix with a... I really like that race. That's my favourite race, basically. Do you really? Yeah. I didn't know um, that. <laughs> I've mentioned it before, actually. Um, you've got the final 15 laps of the race. You've got Bottas, Vettel, Hamilton, Raikkonen sticking with each other all the time. And it's just hammer and tongs to the wind, no fuel saving. Um, just bam, let's go and race. And it's great. And that's what I... I, I agree, Nigel. I'm, that's what we all want. That's what we all want for um, for the new era, in which is getting closer every day. Sorry, what was the? I'll just note it down because I've not heard about it before. But it sounds like a decent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll say it again. The 2018 <laughs> British Grand Prix at Silverstone. It was on the 14th of July. Actually, it might have been on the 14th. I don't know. 2018. <laughs> Go and watch it now. Get any time machine. You've got um, some of that until. Croatia, but yeah. Oh, it yeah. was, it was. Back uh, into World Cup fever was well and truly gripping. I was I at the it. race, which helped, but yeah. We had, they had the well, Sweden-England game surely, on the big screen. Surely, being, yeah, at the World, Saturday. surely being at the World Cup would have helped more. It, <laughs> well, it would have done. Well, with my football <laughs> skills, yeah, it would have done. We would have got to the final, so <laughs> you're right, Adam. Um, you would have scored that sitter that Harry came at, though. No, that's not, okay. yeah. No, move on. Move on. You would have said if 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 I was there, you would have been saying, "Who's Harry Kane?" It's all about. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a risk of talking oh, no. about alternate career paths for all of us, um, which is so true. Let's move on to um, one uh, another story that's been going on recently, which is obviously the Roman Grosjean um, leaving Formula One. He's he's raced his last oh. Formula One race, and that was. Well, I mean, it was the first few corners in Bahrain, unfortunately, but his last race would have been uh, the one before that, which was is weird to think. We, I don't think, and I still am not kind of prepared to not see Grosjean on the, on the grid next year, really. It feels a bit strange. He's had his, had his last hurrah, um, and he's at home with his family, and I think that's the best place for him to be. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's the right decision. Yeah, Adam. I don't think it, to me anyway, I think it feels like the world moves on quite quickly. And yeah. 
I, I think it, there aren't many races that he's had an impact on other than the Bahrain Grand Prix, I think, where you kind of look back and think, oh, yeah, one of the main talking points of that race was Grosjean. I think he's not been at that level for a while. Not for the past five years, I agree. So, yeah, I think it's a shame the way he's gone out yeah. of the sport. But equally, I think, you know... It's the right before time. The, before, yeah, before the crash and even, you know, before this season, I think a lot of people thought, you know, he maybe didn't deserve to be on the grid anyway. So, yeah. but yeah, all the best for him for his continues recovery uh, for whatever he does next. I tend to agree with that, Adam. I think, I think the crash was kind of like put sympathy onto him. And, you know, just without sounding harsh, but obviously, you know, we wish him all the best. And it's not, it's a horrible way to end. Does it? it happened to Dario Franchitti as well in IndyCar. Yeah. Is his career ended early because of a, a horrible accident that's very similar in a way. Uh, and it, yeah, it's just, it's just not very nice to, to end your career that way when you've dedicated your life towards it and you end up going out on a crash, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, it's been, I think it's been a pretty, it's been a solid career, I'd say. He's had quite a few yeah. podiums along the way, yes, recently in Haas. Hasn't quite been able to show that form, but for me, I do, I do blame the car more than him. I, I know yeah. him and Magnussen get a lot of criticism, and they should have a new lineup. But I probably think the better drivers than, than some people think, and you know we might see that next year with Mazepin and Schumacher. Uh, but but yeah, I think Grosjean should be proud of what he's done, what he's done in F1, because mm. there's not many drivers have. Have raced for as long as, as he has. Yeah, You're I think exactly it, right. It feels a bit like Coulthard at Brazil. Obviously, different circumstances, but kind of, you know, a, a storied career and, you know, lots of highs as well as lows. And, you know, it just kind of ends abruptly, really. It's kind of, oh, that's that. What's next? You know, again, a driver who's had podiums and, and that, but not been kind of at that level you know, within the season that he's retiring. I think it draws a few parallels to that with, for me anyway. Maybe it'll Yeah, turn it's a career that's filtered, filtered out. Um, and I, I kind of, I think back to the 2015 Belgian Grand Prix as probably his best drive um, in that Lotus with Bayliss in the garage. He's been, he's such an open driver about sports psychology. Um, his, his episode in the first series of Netflix, Drive to Survive, was really different to what anyone would expect from these Formula One drivers. Because he's, he's his own man, Roman Grosjean. He's managed to remain his own man. I think that's the one, th- that's one thing I think most people yeah. do love about Roman Grosjean, is he that he's, he's a lovely bloke. And it was very easy for him to not be like that in the career he's in. Um, and he is. He's, he's got his family and everything. And he's keeps himself to himself really not, in a really nice way. And when there are when he's driving for Lotus and the external pressures are that the team is going to get shut down any minute. There are bailiffs in the garage ready to seize Formula One cars, computer banks, anything, take them away to pay off unpaid debt. And he goes out there, gets in the car and puts it on the podium, drives and puts the pressure on Ferrari to put it, to force Vettel to get a puncture, essentially, to put him on the podium. And, and he puts in that kind of, mental performance to to bring yeah. himself to that level I always think back to that as probably his best ever race um, and yeah, yeah it's been a bit of uh, a hang on with Haas but when he went to Haas everyone was like maybe there's a step for him to get, get cosy with Ferrari and that was a genuine consideration for Grosjean to go to Ferrari and around sort of 16 2016 17 when people were still thinking Raikkonen would leave it was Perez or or um, Bottas or Grosjean for Ferrari all the time is that discussion that I always thought. So, um, yeah, he's he's a he's going to be missed. I think I think we'll I think I agree with what you're saying. He's he's petered out a bit recently, um, and you're right. Formula One will move on quickly in, in the way that um, it always does with with um, with drivers when then you know you're never as good as your last race. That kind of thing. It's it yeah that. It's a it's a interesting close on his career. Mercedes have offered a uh, private test for him because he has he well, expressly nice wanted test. a private test to 
bring sort of personal closure to it and to his Formula One life, his Formula One decade. He started in 2009. We always forget that he hopped in for Nelson Piquet Jr. Um, and he when was he was excited. sacked. When he came through, he was an exciting driver, I thought. And it kind of, you know, 2012, he had a decent season and, you know, he looked like he might win in Valencia, I think. Um, yeah, he probably should have done, he, really. And in Hungary. His car packed up, And in Montreal. Know, it, kind of, it felt like it might be a matter of time before he got a win, and obviously that never happened. But, you know, he, he did, especially when he first started, felt like he brought an extra yeah. element to F1. And I think, you know, if you offer most drivers starting out or most the F2 grid, you know, the career that he's had, bar... A near-death experience at the end you know if you take that out of it and you know these are the races these are the results etc i think you know if you offered that to a lot of drivers they take it hands down and you know it's yeah. better than 90 percent of drivers you know even who get to f1 do yeah. you match the fairly is... prime Kimi raikkonen at lotus as well mm, um, yeah that that win in uh abu dhabi or melbourne could easily have been at grosjean's grosjean could have taken so many wins you said Valencia, there's so many races in 2012, 2013 that Grosjean could have won and that he was in the... He, he was the challenge for Sebastian Vettel in 2013, really, race to race at the end of the year. Yeah, the championship position doesn't necessarily show that, but he was the only realistic race for Sebastian Vettel and Red Bull. Absolutely. And I, I think the way he bounced back from that race ban after the Spa incident in 2012, the way he bounced back from that yeah. showed a lot of strength. And that was... Uh, you know, really promising how, how he came from that. And, you know, his 2013 season, arguably his best year in F1 showed that. And so I think definitely his first half of his, of the first half of his career was, was very good, I'd say. Yeah, he has a lot of class. And for definitely a couple of years ago, he was definitely one of the fastest drivers in Formula One. Um, and I think, it, it yeah. We've, we've, we're going to start repeating ourselves as we go on about it, I That's think. Right. But um, bless him. And yeah, Fittipaldi will be replacing him for the rest of the weekend. Mm. Um, he did what it was needed to do in the Sakhir yeah. Grand Prix. Do we think it will just be a similar story in Abu Dhabi? It will be him um, 10 minutes away. 10 minutes? Uh, not 10 minutes. Uh, oh, wow. Ten. Hours, hours, 10 minutes days. off Magnussen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- uh, I think he did what everyone expected him to, which is not very much. Um, yeah, you know, I think he'll probably just feel glad to be there, to be honest, and glad to be there for another race, you know, kind of. Yeah, I, I, don't, really, I don't really think we can expect too much from him. But again, I think pressure is completely off, you know, and maybe he can take advantage of, you know, situation to do something. I don't know. He did a lot better than I thought, and Jack Aitken did as well with the worms. He was actually quite mm. close to Magnussen. Uh, yes, pace. yes, it was a safety car, but I think he was, in terms of lap pace, towards the second half of the race, he was right there. So that was a fantastic job. I do think uh, if Aitken's back in Williams and with Fittipaldi and Haas, and even Russell, if he, if he is at Mercedes, which will probably be announced Thursday morning, if, you, if this podcast is out by then, which it will be. He's very good at these things. But yeah, I think it'll be trickier for those drivers this weekend because Abu Dhabi is a longer, more traditional circuit. So yeah. if they impress this this weekend, those drivers, that'll be an even greater achievement than what, than what they did in Bahrain for me because I do think the Saki out layout was more of a level. It leveled the playing field a little bit, whereas this track, I think they might get found out a bit more. There is a a knack to a Tilker off-camber 90-degree corner, (laughs) to be fair. There actually is, because they're they're horrific corners to be driving. So for them to be able to show a bit of pace in these tracks, so they would have driven before, and I think, um, I want to say Fittipaldi's driven F1 machinery there before. Um, I think there's a chance he could have driven the 2019 or 2018 Haas there. Yeah, that's right. Um, So they've got a knowledge of the track. Um, in a way that they didn't have, which is, you know, it, it's a positive. So I think, as Nigel says, it'll be interesting to see how they stack up if the situation occurs for Aitken and Russell, how they stack up on a track like this. For Russell, there's an interesting point, which is that he was struggling with the, the traction zones, mm. um, the lower speed in the Mercedes. 
which was obviously only one corner realistically in um in the secure layout so it would he might not be as guns blazing if he's in the Mercedes this weekend based on the entire final sector being the corner that he struggles with. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I wouldn't I think, be surprised if, if Russell's in that seat, if it's not as um, a strong performance because he's not designed for the car, frankly. Yeah, I think I think just a final point on Fittipaldi and Aitken is anything can happen. If you're on the F1 grid on a weekend, you know, what we saw last week, before we write them off completely, you know, things do happen that people don't expect that don't seem logical. On Russell, I think I think he showed real improvement over the weekend. So, you know, yes, he struggled with, as you say, you know, the one corner. But, you know, when he's having that, you know, all through practice doing, you know, dozens of laps around the circuit, you know, over the weekend, then I think... I'd I'd back him to get on top of that. To be honest, I think he is adaptable and he's a quick learner. So, you know, yeah, it's something to follow. But I I think by the quality in the race, you know, I'd back him to have that figured out. Yeah, I think um, we should move on to a few um, quick fire predictions for this 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 weekend. I think it's um it's a bit rich to to ask for pole and the win when we don't know the driver lineup is <laughs> testing it. Um, I, I think that's what makes it better. Okay, um, let's go for it then. On Adam's request, Adam, poll and win. Um, Lewis Hamilton, based off the fact that he might not be there, but if he is, I think there's about a ninety percent chance that he would, that he does take pole and win. So, yeah. Whereas Russell's, I think he's maybe a bit more likely to be there, but I think there's a few more variables in there. So I go Hamilton. Maybe not for pole actually. Maybe Bottas. Who knows. <laughs> Uh, Valtteri Bottas win. for pole and win for me this weekend, Freddie. Mm. I, I'm leaning towards Valtteri Bottas for pole and win as well. Um, it's weird because I always seem to do so and he never does it. Um, <laughs> so, Imagine picking Hamilton to win and being the interesting one. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing how quickly Formula One <laughs> fluctuates, isn't it? Um, I've, I've, got, I've got a prediction. I did this last time. Uh, I think after Monza, who's going to be the next new winner in F1? 111th winner in F1. Georgie boy. Yeah. Russell, you think? Pietro Fittipaldi. No. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't feasibly see anyone else in a car that can. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got to be George, doesn't it? I'm going Carlos Sainz for this one. Oh, that's nice. Next year in Ferrari? Who knows? You've already predicted Bottas for this the win weekend? this weekend. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not going to be this weekend. Could be 2023, could be 2024, could be 2022. Who knows? What is he driving yeah. for then? Audi. Audi? Someone, <laughs> yeah, someone random in 2024. Um, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? He hasn't, he's only got a two-year contract for Ferrari so far. Um, all right. Um, who's going to be faster, AlphaTauri or Ferrari? Nigel. Uh, I think Ferrari. Will be faster this weekend, especially with Leclerc. Adam is pained. Uh, yeah, have been good the last few weekends. Yes. Hence the question. Ferrari will be strong in the final but, sector. But yeah, as you say, Leclerc is just such an asset to the team. Um, but Vettel isn't, so I'll go Afatari. That's where I was leaning as well. That's my my thought process is that. Um, this weekend just gone. Kvyat has such a stormer of a weekend, um, which unfortunately will probably be forgotten about when he presumably leaves the team in a week. Yeah. Um, but oh, I am going to go Ferrari because I just think Leclerc does something special. Um, we just appreciate the effect that Leclerc has had this season. If they didn't have him, mm. if they had another driver on Vettel's level, or if they still had Kimi, mm. they would be in the doldrums. They would have about fifty points. Raise that team so much. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely has. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we've already said superlative about one driver, but why not say it about Charles Leclerc as well this year? We'll definitely be doing a bumper review of this season for Christmas. Um, many guests. Yeah, many yeah. guests. We need to ask them. Um, but hopefully... If you're watching this or listening to this now and you want to come onto the podcast, give us a... Call, not call. <laughs> yeah, call us. If you can yeah, yeah, find out how to Nigel's, call us, then Nigel's that's fair enough. Is. 
Don't worry, we'll flash it up on the screen. Um, <laughs> we'll do like a 24-hour telethon thing, like like they do. Like you can phone in and pledge money. Like like donate three pounds to Nigel, um, and you get like a, you get a deluxe deal and a gold platinum deal, that kind of thing. And you can you can make requests of Nigel. Um, that so completely wrong. <laughs> And yet, stay hey, right, Nigel. You agreed to it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in the in the in the number below is, um, and if you are listening to this on audio form, then the number is on the YouTube video. Um, Freddie, we'll put it in a in a voiceover about now. <laughs> cool. There's the gap for the so phone that, number. That's um, Nigel's number. All right. Um, right. Let's let's move on to the Yas Marina quiz. Do, 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 do. So the, um, the reason we've been looking forward to this quiz is because of the promise you made at the start of the podcast about Nigel Chu, our very own, singing Fairy Tale of New York if he wins or loses the quiz. So, I did forget about that. The jeopardy is will he win or lose this quiz? <laughs> um, Adam doesn't have to do anything because he's got a Christmas ball ball as his yeah. celebration. Nigel doesn't have anything Christmassy on his person or in his life. Even so, you, Freddie. Can, I had a hat. <laughs> I've, got a <laughs> I've still got the hat to hand. Um, I've got a massive Christmas tree behind that. See that blind there? The blind behind the Christmas you leaves outside your months. house. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the Christmas spirit, I've got heroes that I'm going to give myself every time I get an answer right. So that's You're my psychological motivation for it. That's, you should... Um, you should Try and not guess, not know what hero you're getting though. So it could be a, a, a blessing no, or a curse um, to give us right. all some, to give our poor listeners and viewers some hope that we're not just living it up here in the high life. Um, so yeah, there's no bounty, so none of them really. Oh, and you're fine. That's, that's celebrations, isn't it? Um, mm. So you ready for question one, boys and girls? Uh, yeah. Cool, because you're getting it. No. When was the first Abu oh. Dhabi Grand Prix? Adam. Nigel. I heard Adam just first. 2009. It's the correct answer. Well done, Adam. Doing it for the boys of the MIPD choir. <laughs> Dinky decker. <laughs> Adam is going to now eat a Dinky Decker live on the podcast. <laughs> it's all right. I'll leave it until the question that we can't work out. We go, no. At the end, you've got no. to count it all up, and then at the end, you've got to eat them all at once. So if you get like six, you've got to eat six, <laughs> okay. six heroes at once. Um, okay. Question two Who made their F1 debut in the 2014 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Adam. Adam. Is that Will Stevens? Ah. Will the lad Stevens? The lad. <laughs> yes, it is. Caramel. Yeah, caramel. That's a good one. That's a safe bet. Um, I wonder what Will the Lad Stevens' favourite chocolate is. Um, that's not the next question. It, it could be a bonus <laughs> question if, uh, if there's a tie break. Um, question three. What position did Fernando Alonso finish in the 2020 Grand Prix to lose the title? I'll do a closest wins. Nigel. Nigel Chu. I think he finished eighth. Okay, Adam? I think he finished 7th. Sorry, Nigel, mate. Oh. He finished in 7th. Hey! I'll double-check it, just in case, just to be nice. <laughs> 2010 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Wikipedia. He finished in 7th. Do we know who finished in 6th for not a bonus point? Petrov. Is it Petrov? It was Petrov, yes. Um, question... Catra, four. Where is the um, asphalt that made the track surface from? Hint, they spoke about it for, in Bahrain a lot because it's from the same place. Adam. Adam? Scotland. No, but it is from the UK. Nigel. Nigel? England. Yeah, I was going to go for more specific than that. 
I'm happy to go for more specific, but I'm not. That's in, true. In England, then Adam will get the point. Um, what? If Adam <laughs> gets um, it, <laughs> if you okay. don't get it, then it'll be a, a nil point. I'll give you all two guesses. Both get two guesses at least. Derbyshire. No, but it is a shear. It's not Durham. <laughs> not Rutland. Buckinghamshire. No. That's what Silverstone. Okay. Yorkshire. No, that's not Adam's guess is gone. Can Nigel bring it together with his final guess? I think I got the point as I said England. No, you didn't. Um, uh, well, it's not Lancashire and it's not <laughs> Worcestershire. There's no point not. saying where it's not. Because then you can just say Adam's answers. Ooh. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Take a know. guess. Take a guess at a county in the London. UK. London. Oh, Londonshire. No, it's not Londonshire. <laughs> Warwickshire. Is it no, Warwickshire? It's Shropshire. Oh. That would, that would have been quite far down on my list of places that I guess. Yeah, it rang a honest. bell for me because for the whole of the Bahrain Grand Prix weekend, they kept going, look at this tarmac from Shropshire. Wow, it's from think... Shropshire, you know. Oh, they brought it from Shropshire. And they've done the same to Abu Dhabi. So they're going to be like, oh, it's from Shropshire. Like they are every year. Um, so that means that there's no points for question four, which is probably because it was a terrible question. Um, question five. Um, this is the explicit part of the podcast. Um, it's a quote. I want, don't pull your top down. Who said the first few turns are quite good, but the rest of it is shit about oh. the track. About the gas marina. Nigel. Mark Webber. No. Good guess. The <laughs> racing driver, but Alonso. No, I'll give you all two more Nigel. guesses again. Nigel. Uh, Sebastian Vettel. No. Can we do a closest win? No. <laughs> <laughs> what geographically um, to birthplace or something, or what? Where they are now? Where they finished in the championship? I don't know. No. I don't really think it through. Um. <laughs> This is a nice silent bit of the podcast that people think. Yeah. Well, can, we don't have if, storage space. <laughs> if we... Yeah. Can you say, like, whether it was a driver or pundit Kimi or Raikkonen. whatever? Nigel got it right. It was Kimi Raikkonen. Oh, fair play. <laughs> um, yes. Nigel, I just silent. had to write down your name because you finally got a point. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fairy tale. Um <laughs> Question six is a um, a four-parter, so you can get 0.25% of a mark if you want. <laughs> um, what four teams, which four teams, have won at Abu Dhabi? Adam. Adam Go with the real. Red Bull, McLaren, Lotus, and Mercedes. He's got all four of them, and he's continued... Being in the lead. Um, to come on, Nigel. Up. That was a gift of a question. Don't give up, kids. Save yourself, Nigel. <laughs> um, this is another closest wins question because it's quite an interesting question. What was the gap between Hamilton and Rosberg we'll in the 2016 Grand Prix at the line? Um, at the line when Hamilton won. What was the gap back to Rosberg in second? Nigel. Nigel, go. Was it five tenths of a second? Five tenths dead, is that where you're going? 0.555. Alrighty, 0.555. I'll make a note of that. If you go for 0.556, I will come round to your house, Adam. Even though you're not <laughs> one, Adam, is 0.556 going to be your chosen answer? Um, no, I'll go with what I was originally thinking of 0.554 no um, 0.3 <laughs> 0.35 I'll go for 0.35 alright hours um, god does Freddie have to do maths live <laughs> <laughs> that's gone wrong in the past um, well the correct answer is 0.439 which is making it actually, it was actually really close but it's just Adam <laughs> yes that's one the 0.5. Oh. Um, but can Nigel <laughs> bring it back for pride? 
Probably not, but let's give it a go. <laughs> you know it's good when the quiz master's saying that. <laughs> it's like catchphrase. Um, what was different about the 2014 race compared to every other season finale? Nigel, double Nigel. points. Yes, it's double points. Um, feel the pride? Um, uh, yeah. Question nine. Lewis Hamilton has only finished off the podium at one race in Abu Dhabi where he's actually finished and not retired. Oh. Which year? Oh. I'll take away my answer. Um, Nigel. Nigel? 2013. Yep. When did you finish? <laughs> when did you finish? Yeah, just for, just for fun. Points. Yeah. Yeah, he was about six. So close. Seven. Yeah, he was just behind Paul DeResta in six. Did he finish the 2009 race? I know, did he get pole and then... I can't remember. I know, I just assumed he retired, actually. Yeah, I kind of remember, I think he did, but could be wrong. I think he retired. Let's for the benefit of this podcast, let's give Nigel the point. Um, who started in twentieth in twenty nineteen? Adam. Um, it wasn't Alex Alban, no. Uh, Fun fact, Alex Alvin started fifth. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good on the kid. Well, that he tells won't you who started year as well. 20th. Who started 20th? Oh, Nigel. That's the, that's the question. Bottas. No, it wasn't Nigel. Yeah, it was Bottas. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. And then DRS got disabled and he couldn't. Yeah. So overtake her just like this year. In a thrilling, thrilling finale to this podcast, we have. Adam, taking the win only just with five points from the loser, Nigel Chu, <laughs> on four points. <laughs> loser. Nigel, did you have, I believe did you have, you have a bonus the lyrics question ready. lined up. Uh, what was that, Adam? Did you have a bonus question lined up, Freddie? Um, oh, yeah. What was no. Will Stevens' favourite chocolate? Oh, yeah, of course. Crunchy. Okay, Nigel, what do you think? Oh, it's it's um, well, the, the correct answer is Milky. actually Milky Way. Ooh. No, you've just, you've just made that up now. Yeah, I have, but it's the correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> I'm not, it's, not, it's not defamatory. So is, it one, is, it one, is it one of those guess a number uh, questions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how old is Will Stevens? <laughs> 20, no. 30. Um, no. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit, bit too old. He's going well. Um, well, whoever said Nigel 29, you get the backing. Right. Um, oh, yes. Get in there. So, anyway, Nigel, um, yeah. while Adam scoffs himself with heroes, and <laughs> he's got to have five. One of them's a dinky decker, one of them's a caramel. What are the rest of them, Adam? Uh, there's a whisper, a whisper, and a twirl, and a cr- uh, cream egg. Not All right, well, get them down, you, while the we listen to crunchy. this. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm turning it down. <laughs> I'm not. I think this is a new world for winning in F1. <laughs> I wonder who's actually listening to this bit. It'd be quite interesting. We had a comment citing us for the 43rd minute. So someone listened to the 43rd minute of the previous episode. So well, I'd like say? to say a massive thank you <laughs> to, I think he's called Mo Elm. Um, I'll just find that out because he actually commented, which was nice of him. He did comment saying, what the hell? But that kind of thing. So he did comment to disagree with us. But yeah, we love a bit of controversy. So thank you, Mo. We also love some of the bots that we get, and Adam gives his phone number to the <laughs> Well, um, get what you can. So that's the um, not what we're going to say to end this podcast. We're going to say no. thank you very much for watching. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, Adam had to be done by three. We said, yeah, we'll be done by like two. It's now 
nearly three. So seven o'clock. Mm, Adam's got to go. Um, he's mm. got a life to have. Nigel and I don't. So we're going to go and continue our Pogues impersonation. And you'll see us at Christmas number one near you. So thanks very much, everybody. Enjoy the Yas Marina Grand Prix. Mercedes news tomorrow. Mercedes news maybe tomorrow when you've probably not listened to this podcast. So, (laughs) doodle doodle.